Hello, this is Jennifer Wolf. I'm the Executive Director of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions, also known as the IAIABC, and you're listening to our podcast, Accidentally, where we discuss issues and events that are impacting workers' compensation systems. During Accidentally, I ask thought-provoking questions, raise awareness of emerging issues, and hopefully offer some insights on workers' compensation. I want to make you think about work comp in a different way. You can listen or download our podcast each month at iaiabc.org slash podcast, or even better, subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to 2019 and the first Accidentally podcast of the new year. You'll notice I missed January by a few days. It was forced hibernation here in Madison as we survived the polar vortex. Hopefully, we can heat things up with today's podcast. Medical treatment and cost can generate heated debate in most work comp circles. Everyone wants the best medical treatment at a reasonable cost. Certainly, that's a fair goal. But there's no single strategy on how to get there. For the last several years, some in the industry have talked, mostly in sidebars and at cocktail parties, about the transition to value-based or outcome-based reimbursement methodologies. The IIBC held a working session on this issue almost 10 years ago. So count me as an early supporter. But 2019 might just be the year when that conversation gets hot. WCRI held a very informative webinar on value-based care in January, and it described some of the payment methods that are being developed to support reimbursement based on agreed-upon outcomes. Workers' compensation could be an ideal playground in this arena because outcomes are more easily defined. Functional improvement and stay at work, return to work, continued employment can be measured and they're in the best interest of both the injured worker and the employer. If you want a great primer on value-based care, I suggest you check out WCRI's recording and the accompanying materials. They do a great job outlining the landscape. I'm hopefully optimistic that this conversation will ignite action for pilot programs and innovations in payment methodology in the years to come. But I can't help but wonder, what's going to spark that change? Injuries are declining. Rates are declining. Industry profits are continuing to grow. All the reasons why there might not be a big bonfire. As I reflect on this issue, I keep thinking one of the biggest hurdles is the current regulatory infrastructure in place. And that biggest framework is related to fee schedules. 
All but seven U.S. jurisdictions have a medical fee schedule or multiple medical fee schedules in place that govern the reimbursement of healthcare services and workers' compensation. Just in case you really are interested, the seven that don't have fee schedules are the District of Columbia, Indiana, Iowa, Missouri, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and Wisconsin. And in case you're wondering, fee schedules have been used in workers' compensation for a long time, even longer than you think. Florida adopted the first medical fee schedule in 1938. And 30 years later, a report of the IAIABC Medical Committee, that was in 1968, found that at least 17 states had medical fee schedules in place. And over the past 50 years, fee schedules have been increasingly adopted across U.S. jurisdictions. Now they come in every size and color. I chuckled upon reading the 1968 IIBC questionnaire. It was three questions. Does your jurisdiction control fees paid to medical practitioners? Is it by fee schedule? And does the fee schedule apply to all doctors, regardless of specialty? Ah, the simplicity. Today, if you ask a state about their fee schedule, you first need to distinguish which one. Fee schedules are in place for physician services, that's the most common, hospitals, ambulatory surgical centers, and pharmacy. And each of these fee schedules have multiple characteristics and variations. In addition to the many kinds of fee schedules, another variation is the underlying methodology in creating the fee schedule. Some states use a third-party vendor to create schedules based on a specific public policy goal, maintaining a specific ratio above group health or maintaining a certain percentage of medical price inflation year upon year. Other states look to Medicare. West Virginia's fee schedule is a flat percentage fee above Medicare rates. And still other states utilize Medicare's relative value unit methodology with or without state-specific adjustment factors. And then there's maintenance. Medical treatments change. Medical costs change. Medicare changes. Some states have annual or biennial stakeholder review of their fee schedules. Others are automatically updated based on internal or external factors. And still others are implemented with no updating mechanism. When it comes to describing fee schedules, complexity is the rule, not the exception. So why are fee schedules so ubiquitous? These schedules, they're effective. They slow the rate of medical cost inflation, especially when compared to non-fee schedule states. They create a measure of price predictability. They reduce frictional cost, fewer medical billing disputes, and healthcare providers are generally used to them and are pretty savvy about using them for their own purposes. Fee schedules also have challenges. 
they create an incentive to increase utilization. Fee differences across specialties may be the result of lobbying influence more than merit in the treatment of injured workers. Out-of-state treatment raises the question, which fee schedule applies? Like all things in workers' compensation, fee schedules require deep policy knowledge and deft political handling to maintain the delicate system balance. The IIBC is eager to help the community deepen its understanding of fee schedules. Our Medical Issues Committee and Associate Member Council have begun work on a discussion paper that offers new perspectives on medical fee schedules and their development process. The paper will compile a summary of current practices, including methodologies, the means of stakeholder input, the maintenance and updating schedule, and it will examine the benefits and risks of the different approaches. In addition, the resource will highlight current considerations for state regulators, helping them understand how their fee schedule compares to others, and evaluating the impact of proposed changes. Fee schedules are an ingrained part of the workers' compensation system in all but a handful of states. Their history and effectiveness of achieving public policy goals means it's unlikely they will be distinguished or even modestly changed over the next few years. However, reimbursement strategies are a hot topic across the entire healthcare environment. While fee schedules might be a dose of water on the fire, they don't have to be. I'm looking forward to seeing who can stand the heat and start a fire about new payment reimbursement methodologies in workers' compensation. Hopefully, 2019 is the year. I hope that you're all warm and toasty now and want to thank you for listening to Accidentally, the IIBC's monthly podcast. You can listen and like us on iTunes or at iaiabc.org slash podcast. We're always interested in your feedback hot or cold. I look forward to talking with you next month. Cheers, Jen.